Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Genesis Temples podcast on gaming design and history. Uh, today I have the pleasure of hosting uh, Saverio Caporusso, who is the lead designer of uh, Hyperparasite and is also working on a new interesting game. Hello Saverio, how are you doing? Hello, hello everybody, I'm Saverio from Troglobox Games. I'm fine, I'm fine, Damiano, thank you. Uh, we already spoke uh, a while ago about uh, your projects and your games, and you want to uh, tell it again to our listeners? So how, how did you become in love with uh, video games? How did it happen? Yes, I mean, uh, I was uh, very, very little. <laughs> and my first contact with the video game, you know, at uh, the time where uh, the, the where you put, let's say, the coin op, when you put money and you play, mm-hmm, the coin op. and you die, in the coin op, yes, machine, the arcade machine, where you die horribly playing games, <laughs> and uh, you waste uh, all uh, your pocket money, let's say, waste, if you don't enjoy, yes, you waste, you waste uh, your money over there uh, on those machines. So basically for me, more than the engagement, let's say, to, to win was to see why the text appears like this, you know, the pixels, the color, and then some, sometimes there was some, you know, uh, something Japanese coming coming out. So there were, you know, different reasons to have an approach to a game rather to another one, a different adventure, mm-hmm. but really, how do they make those games? It's a TV I can control. <laughs> Something you don't have. <laughs> when there was no money anymore, you go back playing uh, football in, in the yard. Then finally, uh, after some years, uh, there came also the consoles. Of course, I didn't own one myself, but as you can uh, uh, guess, uh, all the kids uh, and my friends, they were going to the house of one friend <laughs> that has one console uh, and then he becomes full of friends <laughs> because everybody wants to play and then come also the let's say more or less at the same time the first uh, commodore 64 the spectrum uh, you know those kind of uh, amiga and those kind of uh, personal computer from that time i was always intrigued by the, the same uh, uh, concept how they put the game inside he, this piece of metal plastic whatever it is and, and you also told me if i remember correctly that you were also a fan of um, pen and paper rpgs yes yes i mean for uh, a long period uh, let, i was uh, playing uh, the, from classical dungeons and dragons to various uh, systems thanks to uh, again some friends of mine and uh, I was uh, really far from the PC. So at the same time, it was another way to create uh, your uh, adventure. And at the same time, to create also new rules. If you don't like the rules of the book, or if you don't like, like if you want to create your own rules for some reason, I was really not, not playing anything for a lot of time. I didn't own a computer myself. I was going only to the arcade machine uh, very, very rarely. Finally, after, I mean, I entered in contact with uh, some uh, programmers (laughs) and they were uh, indeed creating uh, those video games. So, and they were next to me. I mean, it was people that finally, I met someone who was able to put 
the colors and the images in a piece of metal, a piece of plastic, no? <laughs> if I remember correctly, uh, those were the guys that worked on um, on an RPG that could be kind of obscure to most <laughs> listeners, that I think it was uh, Etrom. Uh, they were from PM Studios. Yes, yes, they were uh, in PM Studios, which is uh, a studio in the south of Italy that, that still exists. So it's a record, let's say, <laughs> to have a studio that is 20 years old of video gaming in Italy. They, yes, indeed. they resist, uh, yes, they're indie, and they were indie when the word indie was not for video gaming. The word indie at the time was for people that take a camera and they go around filming something, like Blair Witch Project. Mm -hmm. <laughs> was indie and also musicians you no know, let's say out of the great labels they were playing and trying to sell something they were indie yeah but basically the, the hipsters yes 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 oh <laughs> <laughs> something like that um so yeah they were working to the their first game with uh Etrom. Uh, and it's very peculiar there, the environment, it's very peculiar, the story and everything. Mm -hmm. They made also, I guess, uh, they managed 20 years ago to make a physical copy of the, mm -hmm. of the game. And then, uh, uh, well, I moved out from Italy. I traveled in, uh, let's say, in different country. Now I am in Spain. All this time I managed to to stay in contact with the uh, two members of the this uh, of uh, PM Studio. And the first game you worked on was with the guys from PM Studios. Uh, was called Tenebrae: Twilight of Gods, which was then cancelled. Yes, yes. I, indeed, they, they those two guys they were uh, they left uh, PM Studios and they were trying their luck <laughs> with the uh, an slash uh, Diablo style. <laughs> but there are many, okay, like, like there are many. Uh, roguelike, guess, with the procedural map. It was like uh, six years ago, seven years ago, when not so many games had the procedural map. And so they want me basically to, to design some part of the game, you know, you know because making new rules for uh, a role-playing game means that you have to balance numbers, you have to balance the whole game so it's not broken <laughs> or it's too difficult or too hard. They had no, basically no time to do it, so they asked me to do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the same time, because I, I live in Barcelona, uh, that easier access to an airport, <laughs> I started also to go around to my first uh, events to speak with the publishers. Uh, about our project mm -hmm. uh, and of course uh, funding to complete our project and these uh, from there starts let's say more tight collaboration because you know after we have to answer to the publisher to go on to speak again that was tenebre uh, well we didn't as you can guess we had to close it because we, had, we didn't manage to find uh, the funding and uh, yeah, for many, 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 many reasons. If you want, I can explain also the reasons. <laughs> well, um, I think the reason is interesting in that um, I think you mentioned that you worked almost three years on Tenebra. And the main problem was, I think you mentioned the marketing, but if you want to explain. Yeah, um, we, we were, of course, let's say very, very naive to think that you have a nice idea <laughs> 
someone gives the money for it. Yeah, because you what you hear always, it's, you hear some uh, stories. No, I was in my basement, I made the video game, uh, they become rich. Yeah, but how many are in the basement, they make a video game, and they do not become rich. So at the same time, how many they were going around uh, speaking with publisher for their idea, their dream, their dreams, and they don't get funding. Um, mm-hmm. You don't know those people, basically. <laughs> That's why you don't know Tenebra. <laughs> uh, we detect our problem, let's say the problem of an indie studio in the, in the world of gaming, which is one is the marketing. I mean, you never, or you never, you made very few posts about your game. So basically the, the publisher wants to know if it's possible to sell this game, if someone is, will be interested in your game. So they want to see already a, a small mass of people that knows the studio, knows their project, is able to support you. Um, you know, so there was mm-hmm. still a Kickstarter, no? We, we didn't know how it works. And so basically, we were also really uh, naive slash stupid to go around to ask for moreover a lot amount of money being our first project. I mean, I'm going to give money to you. You, you don't know. You, you know, you don't have nothing on the internet. You don't know how to use the social media. You don't know many, 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 many things. So basically, you're not. Uh, uh, I cannot trust you. I'll not trust you that you steal my money. Trust you that you waste my money. So basically, the the publisher wants uh, a studio that already has followers on uh, social media. Yeah, yeah. It's one aspect. One aspect. Yes, of course. Publisher that they want, they're mm-hmm. not like uh, you know charity. They they want to make money. Or they, they 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 invest in a pro in a solid project, a game with a potential. Well, it's not only the game; mm-hmm. it should be also the studio with a bit of uh, credibility. Not only the project that can make money, but also can I trust you? Besides the project, yes. So when you have two things and more other factors all together, yes, you can find perhaps funding. And I think you mentioned you were uh, four people working on Tenebre. Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, four, five. Uh, let's say some collaborator external. After you cancelled the the game, you started to get the idea to make uh, Hyper Parasite. Yes, I mean we want to make a game. Uh, we learned that there was no market for a game like uh, Tenebre. But beside market, because perhaps tomorrow will come out a game like Tenebre for some strange reasons, <laughs> exactly. Um, the, so we came out with, the, we were thinking which game we like to play, which game will, will is very interesting, which kind of game. So we end up thinking of uh, a twin stick shooter, procedural, because we already have the procedural generation created for uh, Tenebre. Before they come, you know, Stranger Things, before they come, uh, you know, many revival from the 80s, because we were born, well, basically we grew up in the 80s. We were thinking to put, uh, yes, the character from uh, the arcade machines and all the 80s mm-hmm. pop culture, uh, movies, um, video game, and uh, yeah, into our, into our games. And the mechanic is also important, comes mm-hmm. also from an arcade. Because the mechanic, the main mechanic is to possess your enemy, comes from uh, a game, was uh, uh, Avenging Spirit. On the Game Boy. On the Game Boy, also on arcade. I was, And um, we, we liked the mechanic, this mechanic, because there was not so many games with this mechanic. There were mm-hmm. five or six. Nowadays, I can tell you there are at least three more. Since <laughs> we release Hyper Parasite, 
one year ago. In this year, we can see already three games, three, four games with the same mechanics, not of our purple asset, but these mechanics that you can possess the, your enemy. Somehow someone is copying us, more or less. <laughs> and so we, 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 we said, okay, it's a cool idea. I mean, you don't have to find or unlock weapons. You have to snatch your, uh, you have to possess your enemies. Okay, so who are your enemies? You are humans. What are you? What's the protagonist? It's another human, it's a monster, it's a ghost. Well, basically it's like uh, the thing of a carpenter. This kind of monster. You snatch the body of your enemies, you possess them, and then you use their weapons, their ability, their special skills, and stuff like that. And we were looking with, uh, again, with Upper Parasite, we create uh, the more solid concept, everything. We started uh, on Twitter, Facebook also. I mean, we started to marketize a bit better the game. And uh, in basically two years or two years and a half of uh, promotion and developing, I start on myself, of course, to build a more professional uh, way to present, uh, to make a, an elevator pitch, to describe my game, to describe our idea, to give some numbers, some results. Mm -hmm. So I did this for two years and two years and a half, let's say, perhaps three. Mm -hmm. You would say that uh, having an, an experience in uh, social media managing is uh, quite important to pitch uh, a game. Um, it depends what you want to do. So if you want to make a game, go on. You make the programming and you make the, um, you do the graphic. Uh, it's simple, simpler than before. And uh, if you want to, and this is to make a game. If you want to make a game that sells, it's a huge difference because on top, those two pillars of activities, like art, uh, graphic and sound together and programming, you have to add another pillar, which is uh, marketing. Marketing, you have to study exactly in the same way that you study programming. You have to study, I don't know, what time to post on Twitter, what time, when, why, what to post, mm -hmm. the hashtag, which kind of hashtags, and everything, and then on the other social media, why to choose choose a social media rather than another one? Why to have two or three social media, or have only one, or have zero? Why to publish, to write an article on Reddit? How to publish an article on Reddit? And once uh, again, you made this, you still, you will make a game that sells. Not a lot, just the sales. Perhaps your grandmother will buy it. <laughs> <laughs> your cousin, maybe me. Maybe. <laughs> that's all. So you make a game, you launch your game, and that's all. Already many indies, they don't know nothing about marketing. L like us, exactly, at the start. Now we know, from one to 10, we know one. And then, uh, so the previous job you have to do is data analysis. An analysis of data has nothing to do with marketing. It's what is the trend, which platforms, how it's gonna work here, who are the publishers, um, what to propose to each publisher, and uh, which kind of game should I should they make? Not now, but should sell this kind of game that sells in eight months, in nine months, in ten in ten months. So you have to predict the trend. It's nothing to do with marketing. Mm -hmm. It's another job. Or you do it yourself. You know, many, many, many websites where you retrieve the data, but also there is a study behind again. I repeat myself, study a lot. Mm -hmm. Better sometimes that you pay an agency that does this job for you. Mm -hmm. But I don't know how much money do you have to pay an agency because those are data, they cost quite a lot. Let's say you want mm -hmm. to make, uh, you know, Assassin's Creed. 
So let's think. This is a guy that makes parkour, uh, an assassin that basically makes parkour. Okay. How you will re retrieve data about the trend of parkour? Perhaps my idea, perhaps I'm wrong, but it's just an example. You go on YouTube, you pay someone to retrieve, mm -hmm. retrieve all the data from YouTube to say, I want to see the videos most viewed by people from lives in the States and uh, Europe, because I want to eat those markets, for instance, no? among, uh, I don't know, 16 and 25 years old. So one of the first uh, toppers in the research, one of the first top five is parkour. I don't know for which reason or athletic or something like this. So you say, okay, people, they see parkour, perhaps they don't know how to do parkour, but they would like to control someone that makes parkour. Where to set it? So you pay a writer that find a nice location, nice story, that invent something nice and you say, okay, it's an assassin, la la la, that is uh, in the middle age in Florence. So yeah, this is how to make a game a game, a game that sells and a game that will sell. When you have a game that will sell with the number, the marketing, you prepare the road, uh, you prepare a prototype, you start with your pr prototype on uh, the social media. And then from the social media, you have some data that with the pitch, with the prototype, you can present to a publisher. And uh, after you have already published one game, two games. So perhaps the publisher will uh, found your dream. What would you say is more important? Having um, an original idea, you know, a great idea, a new concept of gameplay, or joining uh, a trend that is already present? Um, it would be nice for a creator, indeed, an artist. I don't call myself an artist. Uh, you want to make your idea. So you, you go for it, basically, okay? Uh, but you have to face the market. Um, so the market and the audience, if you are able with your means to impress the huge audience, you go for your idea. And uh, if you don't ask for much money, perhaps you can, uh, you know, can uh, make a Kickstarter, you can succeed some, uh, some other way. Uh, you can, of course, ask uh, the help of a publisher, the marketing power, let's say, of a publisher. It's like a cake. Okay, people, they were eating cake, and now I give you a croissant. The publisher mm -hmm. said, no. He said, I give a cake coated with a new taste, with chocolate on top, but a small layer yeah. of chocolate. I cannot add five layers of over a cake, because people, they, it's very difficult to have uh, too many mechanics at mm -hmm. the same time, you know, step by step. Mm -hmm. If you are too much innovative and nobody knows you, nobody tells mm -hmm. you that this guy has a nice idea, uh, you don't uh, succeed with your idea. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's unlikely that you will succeed. Of course, yeah. everything is possible, I mean, you know. So better for your studio to take another idea, to modify a bit, to see what's wrong in this idea, what could be improved, not wrong, what could be improved, uh, see from a different angle, and to, uh, to replicate it. Mm -hmm. And I think in Marketing Hyperparasite, you told me that it was very important to have uh, contact with uh, YouTubers and uh, Twitch streamers. Uh, they were the main difference in... Uh, let's say the new marketing the one that worked for upper parasite 
Yes, I mean, we had the, we want to impress some YouTubers and some of them, they really fell in love for the game. At the same time, no, you know, this, oh, you know, this YouTuber playing this game, I will buy the game. Well, does it work uh, exactly like that? <laughs> <laughs> there are people that just want to see a YouTuber playing the same game for hours and hours, but they will never play, play buy the game, never. Yes, but for us, we, we found uh, people that were able to, to play, they were able to enter the spirit of the game, uh, uh, which requires, in our case, um, it requires a bit of time because it's a difficult game. It's not easy. I mean, it's a, it's a punishing like could be Dark Soul. Mm-hmm. It's a roguelite. What would you say is more important for uh, promoting an indie game? A good Steam review, uh, a good critic review, a YouTube review? Anyway, for me, it works like this. You can mm-hmm. arrive, you can arrive on the Steam page of a game. Uh, there are different sections. Let's say you get hook to the game, you get interested, mm-hmm. you see the images, you see everything. But after you go to see the review to see if you have to open mm-hmm. your wallet or not. Meanwhile, when you hear a YouTuber or you read an article or whatever, mm-hmm. you have his impression. And again, you go on the Steam page. And again, there you can change idea. Of course. Because you read the review. So it's uh, it's uh, just a plus. It's one step more. Well, because um, the Steam review usually comes from someone that has, as you said, opened the wallet. That has actually uh, bought the game while you know a critic usually is paid okay he's not paid usually but okay let's say he's paid (laughs) to to write the review but he hasn't uh, actually bought the game so you would actually trust someone that has paid the game as opposed to someone that would just review it if the person has received, we, we have a case indeed, <laughs> we have a case on our Steam page that, you know, we didn't pay people to to, to put any review. Uh, we were uh, paying people to play the game. Yes, it's in the Boost, the platform where you can, uh, you can say, well, I want 20 people playing my game. That's all. That's all how it works. You pay perhaps 5 euros, 10 euros, 20, just to have people. It's also good for you to see people mm-hmm. testing your game anyway. For the review, there are also people you send the key. Of course, they're not obliged <laughs> in a way eh, to, uh, to put a positive review. Of course, they can put also a negative review because they had different expectations. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. We, yeah, we, we have a bad reviews from a person that played the game ex- extensively, made, mm-hmm. I think, 10 videos on YouTube of three hours. Or half an hour each. I mean, he played a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. I mean, 50 hours, 60 hours. And finally, <laughs> say the game becomes always the same. Tell me what a game that is not always the same. Made by an indie studio. Be careful. The studio with limited mm-hmm. resources. You get the idea of what it is. I mean, you, you know, so we have uh, the. Uh... <laughs> yeah, maybe when you spend so much time on a. On a single game, you start to actually notice uh, flaws and problems that one, uh, you know, normal person wouldn't see. Yeah, 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 yeah. But also the game, because we, we were studying, um, I mean, I want to say not we are the best of the world, of course. <laughs> we knew the, the flaws of the other games. We knew the defects or what was nice to have. And we had the game uh, tested uh, by many, many testers, mm-hmm. also during the events. 
so yeah we there are uh, we put everything at uh, a rogue like lower uh, expect from a game like mm -hmm. of the genre basically there was something that you told me last time that um, I, I actually remember and uh, I think about it. Uh, as an indie studio, you make your first game just to make the second one. Hopefully, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, I required a stepping stone, a required step to do something you know better something that you actually want to make yes yes are uh, you start small and keep going small <laughs> for a lot of time for a lot of uh, yeah, games and then perhaps uh, your fourth game fifth game will be uh, big uh, in uh, budget in volume in reviews in revenues sorry maybe because many things they happen yes maybe Many things happen yes. other in seven years, but what the, what the publisher wants to do, if you are looking for a publisher funding, is that you are a, you are a person able, you are a studio, to complete something. So it, yes. if say if they say a studio that made four games, a publish managed to publish themselves, self production or whatever, and they improved, okay. Yes, you will uh, eventually succeed. Let's speak also what is success for everybody. Perhaps it's different. For me, success is to do a game to be able to do the next one. Mm -hmm. Perhaps other people say, no, I want to still make an MMO with uh, 300,000 people playing. Mm -hmm. Okay, do it. <laughs> do it. I mean, no, no, no problem at all. You actually want to stay as an... Uh... As a, in indie studio, or you would like to, you know, work someday on a AAA game? Well, personally, I would like to work in a AAA in triple studio to know to see more or less how it works. So, you know, like, like experience, like experience. Yeah. Because I'm not a programmer, I'm not an artist. So, or game des I am a game designer, but. You know those uh, the game designing of the big games, and they are ready made in stone. I mean, every a small a small change uh, <laughs> can cost fifty years. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, a small change there can cost really. I mean, twenty people to do something. So it's mm -hmm. very difficult to have uh, the character of Assassin's Creed that starts to fly, because uh, you decide so. But it's an experience. I mean, it's a, be nice uh, but at the same time because i want i want with my studio to create uh, our ideas uh, based on our knowledge on our imagination well i want to bring uh, live my ideas on, in a game the ideal would be to bring my ideas with the money of triple a studio <laughs> For the game you're currently working on you told me that you stuck to the same idea that fueled Hyperparasite, in that um, you thought what was going to work, what can people recognize, and you thought samurai and robots, right? Yes. Um, speaking about Hidroyami, uh, um, we gave uh, to the audience to say something a bit more simple to 
to a knowledgeable, let's say, known <laughs> uh, to assimilate, which is perhaps a samurai and uh, robots. They were uh, they had a few likes, a few feedbacks, let's say. We were looking not only for different visuals, but, you know, for a nice idea, a nice idea to, to invent. So uh, the idea of uh, Blind Fate and Noyami, which is the game we are producing now, is uh, of course, you know, with classical samurai, but not so classical because it's blind, like, uh, you know, mm -hmm. Satoichi or Blind Fury, <laughs> the movies. So this blind samurai has to fight cyber samurai, moreover. But if you are blind, how do you see the robots? How do you see your enemy if you are blind? Well, the enemy will uh, walk, so will produce uh, the noise uh, of the its uh, its uh, footsteps. The player can visualize will visualize on the screen the ripples of the sounds. So perhaps it's a robot with uh, you know something uh, that generates uh, heat. So you have a sensor that, that like a thermographic sensor or something like this. So you will see the, the heat will come from you. See something that hot that's coming towards you. So you understand this is an enemy. Again, the enemy could smell. <laughs> so you have an olfactory sensor, a ball or particular uh, sensor mm -hmm. to detect smell. So, and this is one mechanic that we said, okay, this uh, kind of uh, this blind samurai has uh, the ability to detect uh, smell, heat, uh, and uh, sound all around. The game will uh, will be released on, the, um, of course, on PC and on uh, Switch too, or is that in the future? Uh, will be released on the next gen cons consoles. Uh, we don't know yet uh, about uh, next uh, Switch. <laughs> We don't know. We don't know yet, but yeah, for uh, PlayStation Five, Xbox Series, yes, and of course also on Nintendo Switch. Something that is also interesting about your uh, team that uh, I think anyone listening would be also interested is that basically working remotely because half of the team is still in Italy and uh, you're in uh, Spain. Yes. So, so you were working remotely even before uh, the, the pandemic? Yes, we were advanced. We are always in the future. <laughs> One step ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're ahead. Yes, indeed. I mean, we team is in Italy, so yeah, I'm, I'm in Spain. Moreover, before this project, I was doing another job. And uh, yes, in my, in my free time, this is the indie part. <laughs> in my free time, I was uh, working uh, at the video games. Tenebre, of course, uh, also traveling all around, and Hyperparasite uh, traveling and working uh, on the game. I can say my holidays were uh, mm -hmm. basically, I mean, to go to go to the events, to participate events. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, when you have two jobs, it's basically like that. I think you also mentioned that trying to work as a, an indie developer in uh, in Spain is uh, I mean it's still hard <laughs> but it's easier than it than it is in Italy yeah um well in Italy uh, my 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 colleague in Italy my, uh, my colleagues in Italy they've tried uh, to be to work uh, mm -hmm. as an indie 
in this studio for um, you know 20 more years now let's say nowadays and uh, without uh, okay not without succeeding of course no doing other kind of uh, collaboration for in the studios or in the games but in spain uh, perhaps the, the 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 game industry is different really it's very it's very i mean it's different the event, events are more focused on indie there are the there is not one but two association uh rather big associations that they are uh, for uh, they take care of with the brackets of the game industry of the indie there is uh, there is more uh, you know uh, journalism than than italy there are i don't know podcast really i cannot say because i don't remember how many podcasts there are in italy and uh, i don't know many podcasts podcasters in italy how many there are in spain I think I see a different approach to the gaming, to the gaming. Uh, perhaps it's a cult- cultural indeed mm-hmm. uh, fact. Yes, because uh, you know in Italy, well, which job do you do? I do video games. I do the art. Uh, you see those things. Those are mine. Ah, okay, well, very nice. Uh, and uh, okay, I mean, why, why don't find a normal job? What's wrong with you? Why don't go? <laughs> why don't find a, another job? No, you know, like they're crazy. What are you doing? happens a bit a bit a bit in spain not so often like in italy and uh you know, perhaps you go if you want uh, an investment perhaps you go to a bank you ask for money and yeah i mean what you do video games yes perhaps yes they will give money in italy i don't know <laughs> i don't think so uh, I've written several articles on the the gaming industry of old in italy I, I think things are slowly, very slowly starting to change uh, for the better because at yeah. least we've seen uh, some academies that uh, teach game design and game mm-hmm. development. I mean, they're, they're not the best, but at least they exist. So maybe the culture is slowly changing, but uh, as you said, I mean, as you described, I think we're still... 20 years behind the rest of Europe, at least. Uh, indeed, what you can see is, you know, there are people that want to make a video game. They go to to the school, to go, they want to program, they want to go to modeling, uh, whatever. But perhaps there is, there are few people, they say, I want to do marketing for a video game. Exactly what I said mm-hmm. before. Uh, because making video game is not only programming uh, art and sound, it's also... I do video game even if when I I do a post I make a video game that I hopefully will sell something. And marketing is not taught at all I think in many schools, or direction, or production, or business, or uh, how to speak with a publisher is not taught. There is no school for it, not yet. How how to fill a form for a submission for Xbox. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you have to study. Yes, you have to study. But at the moment, when you have to do it, it means that you have to read, uh, I don't know, five days, seven days, and perhaps uh, you miss a deadline because you don't know how to do it. You don't know the steps. You don't know how how, how to make all this part of production. Indeed. I mean, we start to do it and learn on your own mistake, but mistakes, they can cost, uh, you know, yep. it's money. It's time, it's money, it's a failure of a project. 
many things. Uh, if I can spoil a bit, okay. What I'm doing now in Barcelona is mentoring a group of uh, six uh, in the studio, perhaps seven, and they are uh, they didn't know and they don't know how to pitch a game. Mm-hmm. They're working six months to a game and they don't know how to explain their game to someone to receive money. Mm-hmm. It's it's a critical situation. Yeah, because it's it's something very different from uh, just uh, writing a story or writing a game or compiling code or you know all the things you you would do in um, developing a video game. Um, and it's also something that traditionally is was never really part of the experience. I mean, if you if you go back to the software houses of the '80s, of the '90s, but even even you know 15 years ago. Uh, most of the software houses didn't really need to do a lot of marketing because the publisher would usually do it for them. So it's something that that's become a necessity in the last, I'd say, four or five years, maybe. Yes. It's, it's a bit of a new thing. So, of course, as you said, uh, probably the schools will adapt, will start teaching it, I hope, someday. But still, it's still kind of new so it's good to actually talk about it and you know explain how at least how to do it how to pitch a game how to promote it how to build actually build up a a following which is important yeah i follow up with um, with uh, with the publisher you are selling a product first of all you see already the difference hello this is my game I want to show you here there is uh, the character or you know the unique selling point but very few people they know what is a unique selling point <laughs> they they don't many people they go again they go they know what is a shade they don't know why it's selling <laughs> they don't know because they didn't make the analysis before and they don't know why but uh, and Second, perhaps they don't know how to create a follow-up with the publisher and they call this is my game. But if you say this is my product, you have to pretend you are selling like, you know, uh, the most boring object in the world, but it's a product. Like you are selling a chair. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you are a businessman. A businessman is able to sell everything. So, yeah, you, you become a businessman. You don't become a programmer. That, sells, that tries to sell a video game. You you sell your product. You say why it's good, what you're doing, what you're producing, why people will buy this product, and why you should support the idea of this product, so on and so on. So, so the, the, the important thing is actually to know why would someone buy your game? Why would someone be interested in it? So that, that's what you're selling. Exactly, but also you can sell to the publisher. And the publisher, perhaps, no. He knows how to sell the product because they have a marketing department, which you don't have because you're an indie. So you sell your idea, your product, the potential uh, of the product, the publisher will uh, know more or less what to do with it. It's also published, they don't know what they're doing. Of course. <laughs> you, yeah, something else that we, we were speaking about always is, ah, you know, to go to publisher. Publisher, it's a, it's, 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 it's a company. There are good companies yeah. and bad companies. 
there are many bad companies, they have a product uh, that everybody buys, at the same time, they lose a lot of money doing something else. They don't know they're losing money doing something that they mm -hmm. shouldn't, you know. And what they're looking for a publisher is not only funding, but could be also marketing, and uh, in all the process, also communication is very important with the publisher. There, there are um, several cases where a publisher has actually killed uh, what was uh, an interesting game, a good game, because they either didn't know how to market it or just, you know, made some uh, pretty bad decisions. So, indeed, it is also important to, to uh, realize what kind of company you're actually pitching the, the idea to. I mean, you can, you can pitch to, to anyone. <laughs> you have to choose. Yes, yes. I mean, let's say I would like that my game uh, will be published by this specific uh, comp company. So you have to adapt your game to well a bunch of publishers. There are publishers that are only for only mainly for narrative mm -hmm. games. They have a newsletter of people that want a narrative mm -hmm. game. They have contacts with journalists of narrative games and so on, so on. So you cannot bring. Uh, and ask money for a game like uh, again like Doom, an action game, because basically they don't know they, they don't know what to do. For them, it will be risky. They don't do it. So yeah, I mean, also you have to learn who does what and how. You will learn with the time. I mean, I, I myself, I don't know all the publishers. I don't know also all the public, the Polish publishers, because publish uh, in Poland, there are many publishers. What's uh, what's going on in Poland? There are more publishers than people. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's say that the Polish video game industry is uh, as we have seen a dramatic development in, in the last uh, years. Perhaps a bit too dramatic. I mean, they they become very huge. I mean, you see, we were. I say we because we are both Italians. <laughs> <laughs> but in Italy has been uh, surpassed by. I mean, twenty. 20 years ago in Poland, uh, you know, there was perhaps there was no game industry. I don't know. There was nothing. Mm -hmm. 20 years ago, I can say at least there was one one company uh, that was doing video games. I don't know in Poland. But in Poland now, there are really, really many publishers, there are many ideas, writers uh, for video gaming. It is a strong, strong industry. Yep. I think this is the, is the seventh in the world. Yeah. Italy, Italy, I don't know what it is, Italy. Italy, really, I don't know. Spain could be 15, 12, I don't know. Yeah, but I think even, even Germany is uh, picking up the pace that, I mean, I mean, Germany was a bit slow in the, in the 90s and, uh, and 20 years ago, but it's now picking up the pace. And uh, so, as I said, Italy is very, very, you know, uh, trying <laughs> to to regain some kind of uh, place in the overall uh, video game industry, but it's not looking very promising, frankly. No, also because the talent in Italy, you know, they try, I mean, they will uh, go abroad, no? You know, ourselves, we were in Italy. <laughs> and legally, uh, the company has been, you know, we opened a company in Spain because Italy has no background that I described before. Well. I'm not feeling guilty because I know that my friend they tried for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it is actually something I, I say uh, pretty often that uh, I don't think I, I know of any indie Italian developers that are in Italy. Ah, okay, no, there are some contacts. 
found that uh, there are some studios they made nice contracts yes lately but one one two does not justify the dead of 100 yep. again um it's a totally different it's a mess it's a mess okay so uh final uh question i think uh is blind fate still coming in uh 2021 uh i cannot say <laughs> it's the nda question yes <laughs> yes indeed okay so let's say it's hopefully coming in 2021 exactly exactly okay so okay, yeah so... Uh, still time to go on the same page and to wish list and follow the game Team yes. Height works as a as a shop, let's say. <laughs> yes, as a and as also uh, social media almost as well. It's a social network. This is video game. So yes, you know that uh, each wish list and follow uh, helps as more in the studio. Yeah, I also recommend if anyone is interested in. Uh what uh, Blind Fate is about. So samurai robots and uh, a lot of action gameplay that to, to wishes the game and follow that and trust that it's coming soon. Yes. Okay. Okay, uh, Saverio, thank you for joining me tonight and for all your uh, nice uh, information about marketing and everything else. And so I hope to play Blind Fate soon and... Uh, Hope to hear you soon. Okay, thank you. Um, thank you, everybody, for uh, uh, listening to the podcast and for uh, uh, for following the Damiano. <laughs> <laughs> Let's help also the Italian podcasters. Come on. <laughs> they, they, they need it. They need yeah. it. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye, everyone.